Welcome to This Week in Liberpods, your libertarian, voluntarist, anarchist, and agorist podcast test drive show. I'm your host, Nikki P. Let's check out five new podcasts. All right, here we are at number 27. Our first clip this episode is Tavern Talk by the New Sons of Liberty, hosted by Dylan Ullman. The show is a roundtable-type podcast, and this is actually its first episode, so be gentle on it. Enjoy. Yeah, this one should have the most. That's going to be through the roof. It's going to be crazy. It's like, what do they do? I mean, like, you can't just, the government can't be like, oh, like, it's not your fault that you're getting sick, so we'll take care of you. It's like, but, but dude, like, you, the things that you have, you have to have taken from them first. So how are you going to take care of them? Right. Stuff you've taken from them, because they don't have anything. So where are you going to get the (laughs) stuff to take care of them with? Everything you have, you've stolen from these people. (laughs) Yeah, and if these people don't have shit. How are you supposed to provide them with stuff? Because you're supposed to take it from them to begin with. Like, what are you doing? And then, the, the, you know, it's funny because what do they say? They're Of the $6 trillion stimulus, we're all getting $1,200 checks. And, like, Peter Schiff did it on his, on his podcast where, like, he edited it up. He did the math. Like, 1,200 times, like, two checks per person times how many people in the United States. It doesn't even come close to the $6 trillion package. Like the overwhelming majority of that is corporate bailouts. They're lining their own pockets, the pockets of lobbyists. These people should be like put into gulags and worked like they should like have to work off the, like all of this money. That that was literally the biggest heist in all of human history that just occurred, and nobody even blinked. No, well, not even that they didn't blink. They were just they they cheered it on. I mean, like the famous quote from freaking Star Wars, like this is how liberty dies with thunderous applause. Because it's like, wow, look at the all these people. Were the Ancaps and the Agorists. Right. The only well, one. Well, and one thing that's important to realize is we can be theoretical all we want as, you know, as Ancaps or Agorists, but you can easily say, all right, if that two trillion if they just gave it to the people, I mean, they owe it to, I mean, the, the people who are out of work right now are out of work because of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm one of these people. I don't care. I, I mean, I know how I want um, a libertarian, a free market economy to work. Well, we don't have a free market economy right now. It's just bullshit. And if they would have, I think someone said it would have worked out to like, I forget how much it would have been if they would have just gave all of that to the people who are going to get, I mean, I'm not going to get one of these $1,200 checks, so I don't really care, but um, it could have been upwards of like $60,000 a piece. I'd rather it go to the people who are out of work because of the government's actions Mm -hmm. than all this money that went to the Smithsonian and to that's going to, and then another 4 trillion that they're going to lend out to uh, private companies. I mean, it's just like you put all these people out of work because you didn't address this. Yeah. You put all these people out of work over something that you knew existed in January and the CIA knew it existed in December but didn't say anything because they were waiting to see what the impeachment was going to happen. I mean, I have no problem saying that the government did this, that they owe these people that money, that they, that they have to make these people whole. 
and I know where that money comes from. But yeah. so what? I mean, you can look at the economy right now and know that this is going to crash before any of their grandkids get the bill on this one. The quicker it falls, the quicker we can rebuild it, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sick of this, you know? Oh, I mean, yes, I want to be able to put teachings out there that are fundamentally sound when it comes to economics, but we're in the real world right now. I mean, the people are killing themselves. I mean, like literally committing suicide right now because their lives are destroyed. Just give them the fucking money. Give them what you took from them. Right. You know? Make them whole again. Yeah. Yeah. And continue to make them whole until you, you know, you, you know, and if that means, I mean. Okay. That was Tavern Talk with guests Sal Yagrist and Pete Quinones. Our second clip today is Insurgency Knitting Circle, hosted by Texas Joe. The show has taken some turns over the years, but is currently a monologue-type show covering agorism and prepping. Let's dig in. You know, you can get a hold of me and, you know, you know, let me know feedback, comments, suggestions, show topics, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So Brad Fulbright and Andrew Tarasoff, congratulations. You guys are the winners. Um, get in contact with me and we'll make sure we get your seeds uh, whatever seeds you, you guys want um, and get them you know, shipped out to you guys I know it's a little bit late and I apologize for that some crazy stuff has been going on, I have been hyper focused on the farm and um, working from the house and just trying to adjust to a new normal so I apologize for the the, the tardiness of that announcement, but we'll get those seeds shipped out to you guys. So, um, I also wanted to announce a, uh, a seed exchange project. Um, been over at the Homesteads and Homeschool podcast. Um, uh, I'm sorry, Homesteading and Homeschool. <laughs> ben, buddy, I'm sorry, I'm butchering this. Uh, Homesteads and Homeschool podcast. Um, him and I um, started exchanging seeds and I thought it was a really awesome idea um, so I wanted to announce that um, if anybody is interested um, reach out to me let me know what your uh, what your shipping address is and what you're interested in uh, I want to start old school handwritten letters and seeds inside envelopes and I want to start sending these all over the place. I want to start getting them from people. I want to start sending them from, from, you know, sending them to people. Let's get this thing going, guys. I'm really excited about this. Um, all of my seeds that I'm offering in the seed exchange project are going to be stuff that I have grown here on the Texas farm and seeds that I've harvested and saved and preserved myself. Um, let me know, guys. I, I'm not opposed to if you bought seeds sharing your excess um, but I'd like to get really healthy strong seed varieties that do really well for people who listen to this show and start exchanging those so we'll see if we can get some of those genetics and those strains growing in several different places and, and see what kind of interesting um, things come from that so Guys, I'm, I'm really sorry about that. 
Um, so let's see. Oh, um, I keep mentioning to you guys to uh, reach out to me, and I wanted to let everybody know that you can now get a hold of me. Um, I have an email dedicated to um, you know stuff like this. If anybody wants to get in contact with me, give me suggestions, give me feedback. Um, don't be an asshole, okay? Um, while I am open to feedback and criticism and stuff like that, um, if you're a dick, I will not respond to you. And I will block you, okay? If you feel like you want to get a hold of me and get in contact with me, <laughs> Um, reach out to me, shoot me an email, uh, chicken.guy at the Wi-Fi project.org. Um, put in the subject, IKC show hyphen, whatever it's related to. So if it's, if it's, uh, a topic discussion, you know, suggestion or, you know, uh, show feedback, or you want to start participating in the seed exchange project or, Hey, um, I'm a contest winner, you know, shoot me an email. <coughs> at chicken.guy at the wifi project.org and I'll get back to you so um, let's see guys at the end of my list um, I have a couple things that I'm testing and working with here on the farm all right so that was the insurgency knitting circle for our third clip this week we have the human action podcast hosted by Jeff Deist over at the Mises Institute this particular episode is a two-man discussion about the book Human Action. Let's see what we got. Disturbing factor in today's world. Well, he he gets to power, meaning state power, vis-a-vis uh, -vis property at, at at some length here on page six fifty two. But he talks about if land's not owned by anybody, although legal formalism may call it public property, it is utilized without any regard to the disadvantages resulting. And he almost sounds like Hoppe here with regard to democracy. He says, those who are in a position to appropriate to themselves the returns, lumber and game of the forest, fish of the water areas, and mineral deposits of the subsoil do not bother about the later effects of their mode of exploitation. So this is an inherent problem with power, meaning state control of real estate, that uh, it's it's not used ably or, or uh, competently when... Uh, there's no skin in the game. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, I think what he's uh, getting at is setting up for his discussion about the catalactic view of private property and about the legalistic view of private property, where you're going to see some deviations from what you would expect coming out from the market economy and the social cooperation of the market economy. Uh, you're going to see those kinds of deviations, which can lead to problems. So what's the deviation? What's the difference between the catalactic conception of private property and the uh, formal or legal conception of private property? Well, uh, there's a lot of differences. I, I don't think I can explain them all, but the catalactic view of private property is you basically have full control over your property without any kind of intervention from the government. But in reality, of course, there's lots of government interventions that impact your private property, uh, even in a relatively free market society like the United States, 
you know, you have property taxes, property regulations, uh, social restrictions, and some of that would come about or be very similar to what private property is in the market economy. Uh, for example, in housing associations, there still is regulations. There still is things that look like taxes, uh, but they're agreed to in advance. They're contractual, in other words, whereas the government interventions can be arbitrary and onerous in a, in a market economy with the catalactic view of property. All of that would be uh, voluntary and contractual. So there, there's a lot of similarities, as Mises points out, uh, but the big difference is that catalactic property rights are free and contractual rather than arbitrary and driven by power. Well, he finishes the chapter with a little note, believe it or not, on what he calls intellectual creations, but what today we would call IP or intellectual property. And I know that a lot of people in our audience uh, uh, are not big fans of IP, patent and copyright, and uh, may take the Stefan Kinsella perspective. And uh, if you want to know what Mises th thought about IP, at least when he was writing in the 40s, just find him here very briefly at page 657 uh, to the end of the chapter, just a couple of pages, where he uh, he lays out sort of uh, the, the idea that, first of all, I think, and I, I tend to agree with Kinsella, I, I, uh, he lays out the idea that uh, you know, thoughts and ideas aren't scarce, which I agree with. He does make what is, a, a I think, a debatable uh, uh, argument where he says, it is unlikely that people would undertake the laborious task of writing such publications, meaning like textbooks or handbooks, if everyone were free to reproduce them. This is still more manifest in the field of technological innovation and discovery. So that's sort of an empirical or factual question. Would people uh, innovate less if they didn't have, uh, for example, patent monopoly over the, the fruits. Well, it turns out that's not so cut and dried, but I just want to point out that... All right, so that was the Human Action Podcast with Jeff Deist. Our fourth clip today is Conversations About Freedom with Moral Bob. As the name would denote, it is a, an interview-style podcast. This is a new podcast, so be sure to show him some love. Let's dig in. Who builds library? a library in nope. these day and age? Who's building libraries? That's <laughs> hilarious. Now, it's awesome. They have a lot of cool events yeah. there, and we've, we've gone to it. But, like, if Austin wants to voluntarily fund a $200 million library, sweet, mm -hmm. go ahead. Mm -hmm. If you have the money to do it, more power to you. You know, and the thing is, is that we have to put the free market back into mm -hmm. it. You know, because these people are just going $200 million library. Doesn't yeah, but if they don't spend money. money in their budget, they don't get it the next year. So that's why they justify right. bullshit like that. And again, it's they have a buddy and that congressman has a buddy. Uh, that state congressman has a or city, right? City official has a buddy who's in a construction business. So he's like, hey, man, I'm going to try to get this approved so I can get you work for the next six, seven years. That's how it right. works. So you... So you have a significant amount of nepotism inside of, yes. of yes. all of these government contracts. That's right. But what you but what you completely remove is profit and loss. There mm -hmm. it is. So they just they don't have any they don't have accountability for when something doesn't make money. That's right. You know, it's just like, hey, we've got we've got these deep citizen pockets we can reach into and use it through force. Let's let's see 
let's see how deep we can go before they get mad. Yeah. And how, you know, what's so funny about libraries is that that when people don't come to them anymore and they start losing people, it's because they're like, uh-oh, everybody owes us money for their late fees so that we're going to waive everyone's late fees. And so all the income that they had guaranteed is gone. And now they need to pass a levy to because they don't have enough funding, supposedly. This is Johnny Rocket with Raylene Lightheart talking to Moral Bob. Always launching ideas. And we'll be right back after this commercial break. Rock and roll. Off Johnny Rocket, and I'm here with my Ray of Truth, Miss Raylene Lightheart. Bam! And we're talking to Mr. Moral Bob. Moral Bob, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing fantastic. Awesome, awesome. So what we do here on the second segment, it's called Rocket Fire. What we do on Rocket Fire, sir, is I'm going to ask you a series of 10 questions. These questions will be politically related, and if you can answer these questions between 30 to 60 seconds, that'd be badass. Mr. Moral Bob, are you ready to play? Rocket Fire. All right, man. You ready to do this? Always. Let's do it. Question one. Is ignorance the root cause of prejudice and injustice? I think ignorance is the root cause of all bad things. Okay. I want to explain why? Um, because uh, to quote Mike Rowe, um, when he was asked about hate crimes, he said, I think all crime comes from a place of hate. And I 100% believe that, you know, it, it comes from a place of ignorance. Like, why do you hate somebody or why... You know, why do you feel this way? And it's it's a lack of information. And I don't mean ignorance like you're an idiot. I mean, like you don't have enough information. Right. To make a decision. Gotcha, man. Question two. What are the best ways to discover and create new libertarians in our society? Is it through political aspect or the moral aspect? Well, again, to quote somebody that, uh, that I think I've I may have mentioned on this episode already, but Dave Smith said we can't get a million votes until we change a million minds. So we just have to have hard conversations if we really want to show people the way um, and change them from Republican, Democrat, you know, whatever they are. We just have to answer the hard questions and ask the hard questions, you know, rock and roll man. Have conversations. Question three. What do you think the libertarian solution is to climate change? Where does the responsibility lie in regards to being stewards of the environment? Um, again, it, it kind of goes back to the first question. To think that man-made climate change is something that we need to drastically think about is just based in a lack of information. Um, climates are going to change and we need to do everything we can to be good stewards of the earth. And I'm not, you know, we need to take care of I know of you're not a hippie. I know you're not but, a hippie. Um, I know. You no, drive, you're like hot rods and I'm, shit. All right, so that was Conversations About Freedom with guests Johnny Rocket and Raylene Lightheart of the Blast Off with Johnny Rocket podcast. For our final clip this week, we have the Uncensored Tactical Podcast, hosted by Pat Watson. This is not a libertarian podcast per se, but Pat certainly seems friendly to our ilk, and this show has a lot of good information. So let's dig in. Not very good if the only thing you know is the story of the victor. So that breaks up my associate's degree. You would do that. You take all these courses, right? Who knows how long it would take? I have no idea, but you'd get some good fundamental, fundamental understanding of these. You'd get as much real life experience as you can through your own case studies that we're going to present, present you with, or that you're going to get on your own. Then we say, great, go out in the world and do some great things. You have some great skill sets. You're prepared to be a shooter. Good luck. 
you want to continue your education, you could do your six month deployment. Maybe we'll add in some steps like uh, keep a journal or a diary or uh, keep in touch with a teammate or a former student. Uh, we'll do some homework assignments, maybe. Uh, but listen, you've been doing the job for, uh, for six months. We're going to go ahead and activate your certificate. We'll send it to you in the mail. Um, you can even apply for jobs before that and say that your certificate is pending. Um, that's pretty common in a lot of service industries. They'll say, oh, yeah, I went to this school and I have to get a job within X amount of months or years, you know, and then they'll activate my certificate, things like that. I think that sounds good because now you have real world experience doing your tactics related job. You have all these great baselines of study. Uh, you, even if you're not perfect, you've identified what you're good at and what you're not good at. And at least you can do some things that a basic useful human, useful tactical human can do. Take a little sip of my drink. <sighs> okay. Bachelor's degree. Uh, associates is going to be your highly preferred included topics with some exceptions, but most of those things are going to be um, kind of almost mandatory, but I don't like that word mandatory. Bachelor's is going to be things that you are qualified and experienced in. So you're, let's go back and forth a little bit here. Your associates wouldn't mean that you're qualified in it. We'll say, look, you know how to shoot a pistol and you know how to shoot a rifle, you know how to shoot a shotgun, but we're not going to say you're a qualified sniper. I don't know if that's, of course, these are all subject to change and adjustment, but I don't know if that would be the place for it. It would be, yeah, you, you know how to handle them. Good. Your bachelor's would be, you are qualified and capable so that if we send you overseas and you need to do a designated marksman job, if we send you up to the roof and we give you a notepad and a rifle and your ammo and your scope and your shooter's bag or your mat or whatever, you're going to know what to do because you're qualified and you have experience doing these things, right? So you're a puzzle piece that's ready to go into the puzzle bachelor's degree in tactical science, you're qualified and experienced in XYZ. We talked earlier about uh, the minors and the majors and the focuses and the electives. None of that stuff would really matter to me at this point. And uh, of course, most people fucking hate electives, right? I know everything I need to know for my, for my degree. I have to fucking pick an elective and it doesn't matter what it is. That's bullshit, right? So you pick. Here are some, I just decided here to go with examples of some possible career paths or uh, study paths. Let's just go down the list and say all the different things that would be maybe interesting to some people. So you would take some courses on and get qualified in and have experience doing some of the following. Uh, personal protection details, VIP protection, right? You're going to get experience driving. You're going to get experience doing recon. You're going to do experience of uh, site assessments. You're going to get experience with personnel recovery. Uh, you're going to get a little more hand-to-hand -hand combat work. Uh, you're going to do buddy carries. What good is it going to do you on a protection detail if your principal goes down and you can't pick them up? Uh, and things of that nature. Here's how I designed the bachelor program. You don't necessarily have to have a qualification in each one of those specific individual separate skill sets but you should have some. So your assessment that you would hand in for approval to get this bachelor's would be, I did all my AA stuff. Great. I got deployed for six months in any type of tactic job. Great. Here I am continuing my training. Um, if it's a very broad field, maybe I don't have all the qualifications, but I have enough to speak the language. I have enough to say I'm experienced. Um, here's my hat. All right. So once again, that was uncensored tactical. We have reached the end of the episode. 
So if you like what we do, feel free to hit us up at This Week in Liberpods on Facebook, at Liberpods on Twitter, or Liberpods.com. If there's a show you think we missed, send it along. Also, to this point, there have been no repeats, so it is absolutely worth it to go back to episode one and start from the beginning. Lastly, be sure to check out our friends at Liberty Podcast Ranker. I hope the test drive was worth it, and have a good day. This podcast is a proud creation of the Mad Audio Lab. For more information, check out madaudiolab.com. This Week in Liberpods is part of the Liberty Hippie Podcast Network. If you like what we do, be sure to check out Homesteads and Homeschools, Peace Freaks, Cannabis Heals Me, and Free Markets Green Earth. We're living proof that libertarian doesn't mean washed up Republican.